Welcome to Two Cents FC. I'm your host, Amovia Kugo, back again with my guy, L. Each week, we'll be talking with individuals from around the soccer world, learning about their stories and getting their unfiltered thoughts and opinions. This week, we're joined by one of the bright young talents in the game today in MLS, Columbus Crew winger Derek Etienne Jr. Uh, we'll be getting to know all about Derek, talking about his career, and learning more about his off-pitch endeavors. Derek, how you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to be on the show, man. I'm got a little goosebumps. Appreciate having you, man. Nah, <laughs> uh, thank you for taking the time, man. You know, we start off with true truths and a, two truths and a cap. So I know L's going to give you guys give you the rundown real quick. All right, Derek. So we play a nice little icebreaker game here called Two Truths and a Cap. This is a game where you'll tell us three facts about yourself. Two will be true, one will be a lie, and Moby and I have to guess what the lie is. So where we at, Moby? We still one up, one zero. Yeah, well, one zero. We got we okay. got bamboozled last week by Taylor, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> yeah. So All we right. played okay. about five five times this year so far. Um, mm -hmm. We've only. Only score one point, so Moby's up one zero on me. So hopefully, I can get some points this week. So, whenever you're ready, okay. Um, I was dunked on in a um, my tryout for my eighth grade basketball team. Um, my sister is, uh, used to do my homework for me, even though she's younger than me. And let me see what's a good, I need I need a good one to really make you I think. When we uh won supporter shield, my dad looked at me and and screamed out a movie line, Who's the wild man now? What? Yo. Yeah. Okay, this is pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. <laughs> um All right. Eighth, eighth grade Duncan. You may, I mean, you know, you got some New York ties, so strong yeah. basketball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like seventh graders dunking, so that, that's, that ain't far fetched. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, sister doing sister. his homework. That seemed like it could be true, but also think you're probably a good student. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think so? You no, know, strong Haitian household. <laughs> you know, education is key. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like to give our people the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? Um, what you going with? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the homework thing. I think that's cap. That's a pretty good one. I think... I think you might have, like, bribed your sister to do your homework and so you can, like, so practice soccer and, like, focus on soccer. Your sister might be, like, a child prodigy or genius and she would definitely do it basketball that's realistic but i don't even see you like playing basketball outside of just like at recess and then i know you have a pretty good a pretty close relationship with your dad he played soccer i feel like he would say something in french like so no one else could understand he was like talking mess so cap i'm going with uh the last one your dad didn't say this movie quote that you just said Who's the wild man now? That's that's the one. <laughs> that's the <cat>. My guy, <laughs> respect. <laughs> you see, see how I broke that down. <laughs> it was smart. It was smart. Yeah, Mo, Mo be getting more, more and more strategic every week. So, so let, let's get into it. Obviously, you know, I remember I was in trial with uh, 
Red Bulls and you was there and it was when you guys had a bunch of young guys, you, Tyler Adams, Alex Mule, Sean Davis, and I was just mm-hmm. amazed at how competitive you guys were at a young age and it just speaks to, you know, where all you guys are doing uh right now. But when yeah. did you first fall in love with soccer? Um, I'll say I fell in love with it when I uh two thousand two thousand two. My dad uh won a USO Cup, he won MVP. And like I think that was the moment I was like, Yeah, this is this is it. Like I wanna I wanna experience this. This is mad fun to me, all the all the emotions and all that stuff. So I think that's when I actually like fell in love. I always liked it being around my dad and stuff, but I think at that moment it really like set something inside me to to wanna actually uh wanna do that. Most definitely. So did your dad take you like to all the games or was it like a, once you reached a certain age he would bring you like to the locker room and to the games and stuff yeah. like that? When I was younger, he would let me go into, like, after games, I'd be in the locker room. A um, couple of times, I walked on the field. It was the mascot, walked on the field, might have been a ball boy. But I think it wasn't until I got to, like, 9, 10, when he actually started, like, bringing me around. Like, summertime, It yeah, I was wake up, go to Long Island with, uh, with him, be there. I met, actually, that's when I met uh, Wilmer Cabrera, uh, Giovanni Savarisi. He played with those guys, so, like, uh, played with a couple of their kids and all that stuff after practice and all that stuff. So probably about eight, nine, ten years old when I actually got to really experience the day-to-day life. But most of the time, it was just games. Uh, most definitely. So you come from a rich soccer background. You mentioned some, you know, key figures in U.S. soccer today with, you know, Coach Gio, Coach Wilmer. Um, mm-hmm. You're of Haiti descent. But give us the origin story because you were born in, you know, two up, two down VA, um, yep. raised in Jersey. Um, give us the, give it this rundown to, you know, mm-hmm. where you are today now. So, um, yeah, like you said, I was born in Richmond, Virginia. Uh, my dad, um, played for Richmond kickers. So he, but it's time, time to move on. So, uh, he went to, uh, Long Island in 2001. So that's where I, I moved up, um, to, to Jersey. And then I lived in Patterson from that time until, until I was, until I moved out, so probably until I was 20, I was in Patterson. But uh, yeah, my mom's from, mom's from there, grandmother's there and all that stuff. So uh, I was able to, um, to, to you know, just you know, kick it out there in Patterson. Now, at that time, I really didn't know about like the soccer that went on there. Um, not a lot of pe- people in Patterson, Patterson pre- uh, predominantly, you know, baseball or football or, or basketball. So um, that's when I got into basketball. But uh, so... <laughs> But I was uh, about around that all the time. Had a little youth teams that I would play for, and then when I was, I think, ten years old, we played this team called Livingston Lions, and these guys killed us, like smacked us, like seven nothing. The most, like one of the most embarrassing like times. I'm like, yo, I need to go play with these guys. So I went, tried out, made the team. I ended up meeting like two guys who are probably like my closest friends, Malcolm Dixon and Wesley Wade, uh, who ended eventually went to Red Bull with me. But we like played for like two years, and then I was I felt like it was ready to jump to the that you know that pro uh, environment. So at twelve, I went to Red Bull, and I was there until um, I signed my homegrown deal. No, oh, it's amazing. So, all right, so we have a lot of guys from the DMV that come on our show. Um, they claim mm-hmm. like DMV has the best talent. You were born in Virginia, obviously. You grew up there, raised in Jersey. Patterson specifically is more focused on other sports, but Jersey has a long history of, you know, yeah. soccer talent. 
and then mm-hmm. you played for Rebels growing up. So, where yeah. what you ranking the three cities, and then overall in terms of youth de- youth development? Um, you mean like okay? Uh, I'm gonna say Jersey has more talent. Okay, why? Because. I the I'm just thinking about just academy wise all the players that I played with. I think for my U16 team alone, I think there was like 18 kids who are are professionals right now, mm-hmm. and that's just for my my team. That's not even including guys who, you know, quit, you know, didn't feel like playing soccer, didn't take it serious. So I'm gonna and that's not even and that's just North Jersey. I'm not even talking about South Jersey where where um, you have some other guys. So I would I'd probably say, I, I think I'd have to say North Jersey because I just know, I'm just thinking about if I had to do it 11 v 11 between guys from the DMV and the guys from Jersey that I know, Jersey's, Jersey's, Jersey's. kicking up. Yeah. Oh, for real, okay. Yeah, so I, yeah. When you come back, when you go back home to the off season, you like, you got good numbers, like Jersey. Jersey oh yeah, pickup Jersey is, got good numbers, yeah. Like Jersey, any, any, you can bring some of the New York guys, but Jersey, yeah, Jersey got some numbers. Jersey got numbers, yeah. Like it gets right. competitive out there, for real, for real. All right, respect. You, you one of the first people from Jersey we've had on the show, and you know, obviously, like the history of Jersey soccer, it's it's mm-hmm. it's crazy. You know, Claudio Arena, Tab Ramos, Burhalter, yeah. you know, Bruce Arena, Bob Bradley. Um, but mm-hmm. when you say it like that, it makes us want to like set this 11, 11 aside. Like if, we, if we set the eleven aside of it, might get it might get out of hand. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like I'm just thinking, I've never lost to DC United. I've never lost, and I didn't lose at DC United when in academy. Richmond Kickers, Magic. Like I'm thinking about all the just that I didn't Baltimore Bays. Oh, mm-hmm. um, like all those teams. Like I didn't lose to none of them growing up. Respect. So, so I, and that's just North Jersey, like I said. I can't even say speak for South Jersey. So yeah. So let's talk about that. You know, at a at a young at a at a young age, you were playing at a very high level. You know, then you you blossom mm-hmm. into Rebels Academy. Talk about that experience. You know, for being one of the at one of the clubs that you know prioritized youth development, at least at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Your your age group, your your peers were some of the first ones that went pro and actually, you know, did very well and won some trophies. Yeah. So, so talk mm-hmm. about that, you know, from a youth development perspective. Yeah. So when I, when I signed with Red Bull, I think it was their first year in Red Bull arena. And yeah, so 2010, I think I signed, I think I signed that probably earlier 2009, but 2010 is when they moved into the arena and they had Juan and Juan Agadello and Connor Lade were the two guys. And so, like, going into the training facilities and all that stuff, like, you're seeing, you know, guys wearing the Red Bull tops, uh, training at the Jets for, uh, uh, football facility or training at um, Montclair State when you see the, the first team around sometimes. So it's like, oh, my God, like, you're thinking, oh, wow, like, this is, like, really what it is. Like, this is what it's like to be a pro. Mm-hmm. But then as, the t- as time went on, you got to see the difference. Uh, I'll say, honestly, when – Andy, when Andy Roxburgh left, who was the the uh, general manager at the time, to when we got Ali Curtis, you saw a huge shift in the fact of like they weren't just signing homegrown guys. You had to say, yeah, we got homegrown guys that were signing, but mm-hmm. the intent was actually like, yo, we're going to play young guys. The way we're going is younger and all that stuff. So I think 
that built up a lot of buzz in the academy that made a lot of the guys actually, you know, really want to consider signing a homegrown deal. We had, you know, you you had you get those homegrown guys who probably do their their three, their two, their three years, and then they're out the league. But um, I think it wasn't until Ali and Jesse got there when they were really like, yo, like let's let's actually set these guys up. They they set a whole plan up from the playing style, the philosophy being the same throughout the academy to Red Bull 2 um, to the first team. And I think that really helped a lot of guys. And if you look at it, I mean, Red Bull produced a lot of a lot of guys who are now going to other teams and, and performing and going overseas and performing. So uh, I think uh, that for me was big. I don't think I would be um, set up the way I am uh, in, in facts of, you know, the knowing the differences on and how to how to act as a young guy the the maturity things and stuff like that and competitive nature i was very competitive but when you're in practices with with 15 other guys who are trying to get a a spot in the first team you know it, it definitely does get very competitive so i'm very thankful for red bull for that opportunity but yeah it was it, it was i don't want to sound cocky because like it at times it was tough being there but for the most part you know, I felt like I did what I could to stand out. And I always felt from the moment I signed to the, to, from the moment I signed the Academy to the moment I signed my homegrown deal that I was going to be a pro for Red Bull. I don't think there was any doubt in my mind. No, most definitely. And they definitely set you up for success just because of the way they, you know, they create that pipeline. Like you said, when it came to, mm-hmm. you know, you know, signing for the Academy, then, you know, going to Red Bulls too, winning a trophy there. And then, you know, ultimately to the first team, who were some of your inspirations, you know, growing up you know as a soccer player i know you mentioned your dad you mentioned yeah, my dad my dad was a was a huge inspiration um ronaldinho was big for me because uh i just thought he was at that time just unbelievable unplayable um freddie adu was and josie were mls wise were big for me because that's seeing you know black black uh, black guys out there you know being able to play at a high, on a high clip and 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 shine and then probably uh Terry Henry because he was at Arsenal but he was he had the the swagger and confidence that you see you know from the how guys are in NBA and guys are in NFL but he brought it to the Premier League and for for him to be on that scale and being able to be himself and still and still shine and flourish not have any you don't really hear anything bad um about him in the press and stuff like that um getting in trouble wise I think that was big and you know part of the reason why I'm an Arsenal fan but yeah those guys were all big for me because it's just you know you don't really get to see a lot of like that uh black representation um so I think that was huge for me to see those those guys uh prevail and and do well no that's what it's all about my bad where you at where you at Red Bull when Terry was there yeah I was did you ever yeah. get a chance to like interact with them or train with them or anything? Yeah, I, 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 I trained with them a couple um, a couple of times. Um, he actually intimidated me like so much. Like until like I think it was like two practices in a row. I, they called me. I said, "Yeah, I have schoolwork. I can't really come in." But that was because I knew Thierry was going to be there. And I was like, "I'm not really trying to get yelled at by him." But once once I once I met him, you know, he was he was cool. Uh, he made me go in in the middle and boxes a lot because I was just a young guy there. But, you know, that's one of the things that I felt like, you know, helped build a rapport and then also being cool with, with Lloyd and, and Brad, I think helped as well. But yeah, I mean, when I, when I see him, uh, saw him, 
when he was a coach from Montreal, we had a good conversation afterwards. We had a good conversation in the bubble. And then, um, yeah, when he came back to some Red Bull games, got to actually see, like, get to see the young kid that he used to, you know, um, give a hard time to, to now being a, you know, a young player in the league. I think uh, he definitely respected that and it's have a, a pretty good relationship with him. No, most Still, definitely. So. One thing that is true when it comes to Red Bulls is the intensity of your guys' practices. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Can you share, because I was there, and I was like, yo, mm-hmm. if, you could make it, <laughs> if you could make it at a Red Bulls practice, at least during the time Ali Curtis and Jesse were at Uncharged, uh, yeah. you can be successful. Talk about the competitive sheet that you guys do um, on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, you know, to build that competitive nature and, you know, the tracking that you guys did. Yeah, so um, Jesse had this thing that, like, he didn't really he didn't really care what the teams were. Like, he wanted to see who, like, the real winners were. So the only way you could track that was if you put a list up. And so for every t- so every time you win – like uh, small sided, your your name you get a point, you get a certain amount of points and all that stuff. And then at the end of the year, whoever like whoever um, would be up there, you probably get like good perks, like they'll give you like a gift card or something, or the closest parking spot in the in the facility, or you just get like extra extra perks and all that stuff. So it got to the point where like sometimes practices were more competitive than games. Like guys are. At, e- at each other's necks, like ripping, ripping shirts. Like you, you walk in, you, you were in there. Like the locker room was, was like a close locker room. Guys are cool, laughing, joking, going on. But if you're on the losing team at the end of the day, you walking in there, you're sitting in the locker room. Like when the winners are all sitting there laughing, you sitting there pissed because at the, like pissed. you you're actually killing yourself to try to win. And when it don't happen, you're, yeah, it was, it was bad. I, I'll say this though. I'd probably say Tyler Adams is probably the most competitive person I've ever played with in my life. No, real talk. And this kid, like, and this is like from a young age, like this kid, this 2018 was, yeah, he's 23 now. So 2018, what, that was four years ago. So he was 18, 19. This kid's out there yelling, telling Brad the press, like, talking to Brad like that, like talking like mad at Jesse about a call, yelling at him, but then yeah, go, go, go left. Yeah. 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 Go. I got you. I got you getting stuck in. Hey man, F off all this stuff. Like you would think this guy was a, a 10, 15 year vet the way this guy was. And then it just got everybody else going. So, you know, you got the young guys who are just talking. Yeah. We want to beat the older guys. You got the older guys telling you, yo, chill out. Like it's still us. Like it was, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Now looking back on it, but during those times, bro, it was war. Like sometimes you you leave in there, and you're like Dax left Alex Mueller. They used to uh, drive together to practice. They used to to go, to go together. And there's a t- couple of times after tournament day, Dax team didn't win. This guy would just drive off. He left Alex Mueller at the training facility. <laughs> like that's how mad guys are getting. No, you're exactly right. And I, I I got to experience it when I was training with you guys, and just to yeah. see. The fact that because now you people talk and you like you trying to you know I guess constructive criticism and people crying and stuff like that but it was the first yeah. time where everyone young guys like you Tyler Mule Aaron Long cussing guys out complaining about calls and no one is like oh no no it was like for yeah. real for real and I think uh, we need that when it comes to if your coaches if you're listening or players like that competitive nature 
And Definitely. with that with that being said, what advice would you have for any young player, you know, coming through the ranks to really like set their mark? I think for me that I struggled with the most was trying to find the balance in being yourself, but also being a part of the group and, and doing what the group needs. So like, for instance, like I'm a guy who gets, who likes to get the ball one B one, take guys on, be creative and all that stuff. But a lot of times, you know, coaches, you know, they're yelling at you, oh, keep it simple in this aspect or something like that. So, but, and I feel that, you know, that's something I struggle with a, with, uh, a lot, just knowing when to pick the right moments, when you can be like, you know what, this, maybe this, maybe uh, I should cut the ball back and pass and we bring it back around. But you know what, I feel confident going one-on-one against this guy. Let me try to create a chance. And I, I think for me, that's the, one of the, the biggest problems that I see. I have like little cousins who play and a sister who plays and all that stuff. And, you know, a lot of people don't know how to be themselves, but be within the team. So I think my biggest takeaway was don't second guess yourself take go with your instincts because your instincts are what got you this far but also just be willing to take like you said take take the criticism if it don't work out know what's the consequences and all that stuff but I think that's the and being coachable I I, I've seen I've gone to I've been in other clubs now after you know seven years and it's unfortunately it's not all like Red Bull sometimes the coaches don't like you know guys ripping other guys because you know it's just and and like at Red Bull was you might get ripped someone might say this it's never personal it's about getting better on the field but you know some guys take things personal some guys can't be told what to do and I think that's another one just being coachable and just being able to pick your moments when you can you know express yourself and be yourself I think those are the biggest things that I would I would tell the young guys that you know, if you, if you are yourself, be true to yourself and all that stuff and just be willing to be coached because at the end of the day, you, your job is just to get better. No, that's great advice. And can you talk a little bit about your experience? Obviously, you started at Red Bulls. You know, you made your name name for yourself. Then you went on loan uh, to Cincinnati, mm-hmm. came back, and then you signed with Columbus. You know, as a, mm-hmm. as a young player, you know, you break in, uh, but you need games. You need to, you know, blossom and yeah. show yourself, you know, show your talent. You know, you're great at the 1v1 and, you know, breaking up, not breaking up, you know, being a deciding factor in games. Talk about mm-hmm. that importance of, you know, finding a situation where you can blossom, but also settling into a new team. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, the the loan was tough because, you know, being from a team who's competing, yeah. Being from a team who's competing for, for uh, you know, titles, winning supporter shield the the year before, and trying to push to be one, of, you know, to be one of those guys who's on the first team for Red Bull to to lift the MLS Cup, and then to go to Cincinnati. I mean, that was that was tough, but I mean, I quickly learned that you know what, at the end of the day, like that's it was an opportunity for me to get time to get playing time and all that stuff. Unfortunately, it didn't work out injuries and international break, but it was, it was, uh, I felt it was a necessary thing for me to, to be able to see that, you know, maybe if Red Bull is not the place that that's, you know, for me that, you know, I can go somewhere else and I can flourish and I can, and I can play. And then I got, I got a call from, uh, the general manager of, um, Columbus, like a week before they were leaving for preseason. They said, yo, we want, we want you to come in on trial and, and uh, 
you know, see how you are with the guys and see if, you know, you can fit. And within the, I would be, maybe, maybe Columbus might not want me to say this, but I knew after the second day, I said, yeah, I, this team can win the MLS cup and I can, and I can play for this team easily. Like that's just the confidence I had. I felt like I had a really good preseason. I think I scored like three goals in, in, in three games. So I'm like, all right, I'm one of the leading goal scorers out here. They got proved. And after a week, Kayla came up to me, yo, I think you're a great fit for the team. And it's, and it's, uh, we just want to give you a, a, a deal. And I said, yeah, perfect. That's fine with me. So uh, I think that the situation, uh, even though it was, you know, hard at the time and I was upset at the time with uh, Cincinnati, but I think that just set me up to, to be seen in a different light. You know, when you, you think about Red Bull, you think about, you know, the high press, the energy and all that stuff, but you don't really get to, sometimes, you know, there's players who, you know, not always just want to play forward one time. So I want to keep it sometimes and, and have some type of possession and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think I was able to get away from that when I was at Cincinnati, was able to show a little bit more of my, my quality in the time that I had. And then uh, I think that set me up for Columbus. So I, I think that was a big turning point for me because I felt like that was the point I became, you know, not just a, a Red Bull homegrown, but an MLS, uh, MLS player. And I think that changed in a lot of, in a lot of eyes of, of teams around the league. No, that's really important. I, I love the fact that you talked about confidence because young player, uh, young bright star within the league, but, you know, you still had the confidence to trust yourself and go on trial. And obviously, you know, mm -hmm. the way the season's going now, you, you can tell Columbus made a, a good bet on you. And, you know, I yeah. know Caleb personally, I know he loves the type of player you are and you're, you're, mm -hmm. you're rewarding him in more ways than I'm sure they imagined when you originally came on trial. So, you know, for the young guys listening, you know, don't be too, uh, I don't want to say too, too cocky to go on trial. If that, if you, if you have a situation for for yourself, that may work. Yeah. Out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think as a, as a young player, I mean, a lot of the time you're betting on yourself. So, I mean, if you're, if there's a if teams, obviously, you know, there's some situations where, you might, you might, they're looking at you to just be a roster guy, but, you know, get it, get an understanding of, I also looked at the roster to see, okay, what's, what, what spots are available? What's, what's it look, uh, what are my chances looking like? And, you know, I weighed up the options and, you know, that felt what was, what was right for me. So I think, you know, having also having a good support system as well, having my dad, you know, someone to bounce things off. So I think that's very important as well, you know, you're only as good as the company you keep. So, you know, if you got people in there who are who believe in you and who are pushing pushing you and and all that, I think that you know uh, it's only gonna it's only gonna benefit you in the end rather than having people who are, you know, I could have, my dad could have easily been like, yo, Red Bull let you go because of this, that, and the third. It was not, yo, but yeah, they let you go. So what you gonna do about it? Like, you gonna you gonna sit here and cry and and and. And what go go back to school now, or do you? How bad do you want to be a pro? This is this is what it is. Sometimes it don't work out for you, so take the highs when it when they come, but you know take the the lows on the chin. And you know I think the the best thing about it for me, I think, is just the support I had. And that's I think that's big for for a, a lot of people to have the right support system around you. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Talk about, you know, you mentioned, you know, you went in trial, you're like within three days, you're like, oh, yeah, this team has the potential to win MLS Cup. And then fast forward nine months later, you guys end up winning MLS Cup. So are yeah. you like a psychic or, you know, talk about this whole experience of, you know, hoisting that trophy. 
I think God has blessed me with great um, intuition. Like, no. But when I when I walked when I when I got there, so I didn't even like I I heard the rumors about Darlington, but I didn't know that it was like oh, no, set in stone that. that yeah, like he's there, like he no no that he was at Columbus. Oh. But when I pulled up, he's one of the first people I saw. I said, oh okay, this guy's already won two. So I mean, wherever he goes, this guy just wins. So this is. This is a spot to be at. <laughs> then also playing against Columbus, you know, you know how Jonah Mensa is. This guy's an animal. So I'm like, all right. Then what really made me think, yo, we're gonna win, honestly, this is guy Lucas Hillarion. He's like that? What he was doing in preseason, I was like, nah. No one's gonna know. You couldn't like it was embar- it was borderline embarrassing. Like getting the ball. First touch out the air, popping it over someone's foot, cut, cut, neg the guy, switch with his left foot to the other side of the field to Pedro, Pedro cross in, G, goal. I said, yep, yeah, yeah, this team got everything. Like, strong defensively, got a got a guy that you can't take the ball off in Darlington. You got a proven goal scorer with G, good wingers, and then you got a, a 10 who can who can make up plays. I was like, yeah, they, we, we, we got this 100%. Mm-hmm. Went to the like then first game playing Seattle, and I think we should have beat Seattle, but you know, crazy call. And you know how Seattle gets when they get that 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 goal. They out there, they especially at home, they taste blood mm-hmm. that last twenty minutes. So end up tying that. Then we had the bubble, like the the league shut down. I'm sitting there thinking, "Dag, this was a year like mm-hmm. guys could have won." And then we get to the bubble, and it was just like everything just clicked like for all of us like. I don't know if it, if it was like, you know, we just bought into the fact that, I mean, we're here, we might as well do it or or what. But those those group games, when they said that the points were on the line, the way the team played was crazy. And at that point, that's when, like, I think the whole team believed, like, oh, yeah, we, we as long as we stay, as long as we get home games, we're icing anybody. Mm-hmm. And then once we got that to decision day and we needed a win to get that home field advantage and we got it, I didn't think there. I honestly believe. I like. Yeah. There's no way we're not winning. Called my dad. I'm like, yo, December twelfth. Make sure you're here for the flight. Like, we we in the we in the final. Call and me. God willing, it worked. <laughs> Respect. No, you, you mentioned your dad a lot, and you know him being an inspiration and support system. You talked about international breaks during the time with Cincinnati. Obviously, you're mm-hmm. a Haitian international, uh, but you were born in the U.S. You know. You've been scouted at a young age for the U.S. What was that decision process like, and how much did your dad, you know, sway you to come home to the motherland? <laughs> Honestly, he didn't really have to to say much. Uh, I was do I did like U fourteen camps, I did a U fifteen camp, and then we got to like seventeen. I just wasn't getting called in, so I was like, I. Right. And then he hit up. Um, the, the the national team coach because they were like sending emails to my dad about you know maybe tr- coming in for the 15s and all that stuff so it got to the point where I just had to you know how well Red Bull the academy they had like a real close like um like connection with the national team mm-hmm. you know with Manny Shellshite always being there and stuff like that so um asked, OG um, in the game yeah, if you don't know yeah. now you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real so like I asked him, I was like, hey, like, is there any way you can just, you know, ask the the, um, the coach, like, is there any chance of me being looked at for residency? If not, I, there's no hard feelings. It's all good. But I just want to know because I was like, I didn't want to make a rash decision, a decision and then 
they are they're talking about yeah we want to bring you into camp and the coach was like no we probably we pretty much got it got it set for uh who we are and i was like okay cool great i hit up my dad i said yeah they said that there's nothing there so yeah i have no problem i have no problem going and he's like okay so he's like yeah just go see it what it's like if you know um how you feel about it i went there for like two weeks the guys were cool um my at that time my french was terrible creole was terrible but guys really like at first you know they they were like oh they they call they call uh guys from who are not from haiti jaspois <laughs> so they're like ah so I, at first they're just calling me jaspois jaspois and then we played a game and i scored and then right after that they yeah Derek, good job man so like that's when i knew i'm like okay cool all right be good so i called my dad's like yo man yeah i i don't see myself going back to us honestly like they didn't they didn't they didn't bet on me when i was when i was when uh when i was down haiti did so at that at that time there was no reason for me to look back to go back to us no nah, most respect man it's, it's always interesting because you know with dual internationals or first generation mm-hmm. um immigrants and stuff like that you see a lot of people use it as bait like oh well if you guys don't pick me i'm gonna go here and you were like all right you guys don't want me no problem go to my motherland yeah. and you know blossom there so excited to see you guys continue to develop and continue to uh grow because i mean you guys have a lot of talent and if you look at some yeah. of the josie's you know obviously he's playing for the united states jonathan david you know he's mm-hmm. he has haitian descent he's playing for canada but yeah you guys are you guys are killing mm-hmm. it so moving forward what do you guys think it takes to make it to the next level like to make that jump you know to be one of the leaders in Congregate? See, that's a difficult one because are you out there recruiting? Twenty. Oh yeah, I'm definitely out here recruiting. I, I know a couple of Haitians out here that I'm like, yo, man, like, what's going on? I'm not gonna say their names. I don't want to put them on the spot, mess up their call ups, and nothing like that. But there's a there's a few guys out there that I'm trying to get you know to get to 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 switch over because I like you said, I think we have a very a very uh, talented group, and I think you saw it in the Gold Cup, but not this last one, but the one before when we made it to the semis. And I think that at that point, that was like, I think that was a turning point for us. I think that's when like a lot of guys realized, yo, we can, we can bang with the top teams in CONCACAF. But I think that what the thing is, is you just need like, uh, which is, I think interesting to see with the coach now. I think we just needed a better coach who, you know, who understood, you know, all the aspects because I felt like the coach before, he didn't really like guys who weren't playing in France. Mm-hmm. Or if you weren't playing in Europe, he really didn't like. Really, he didn't reach you. He didn't really respect you. But you're doing your thing in MLS, or you're doing your thing in in Canada, or or Mexico, or or any of those other places, or in the Haitian league. And it's kind of like, oh, I gotta call you in, but I really don't don't want no no parts of you. And I think that really caused a rift when it came down for Nations League and all that stuff, and and the and decisions and how guys decided not to not to go to call ups and things like that. So I think we get broke away from that. And then I just think, I don't know, I really wanted to see what we would have been like the last Gold Cup because I think that we had a really good group, very very dynamic attacking-wise and solid defensively. But COVID really, really, t- I think COVID took out 12, play- 12 out of our 23 players when the tournament started. So it was it was tough on, from, from that aspect. But... Yeah, I just think you know if we just get on the the same page and 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 be a team that I feel we give a lot of respect to a lot of a lot of teams, which is which is which is fair when you got like a Mexico or a US and 
or Panama. But I think that we Haitian people are very prideful. And I think that we need to use that to our advantage because at the end of the day, there are teams in CONCACAF who are, who are scared of us, who are scared mm-hmm. of the fact that, you know, we're very, extremely athletic, but we know we have guys who can, who can make plays, discipline guys who, who, who can run, who have engines and all that stuff. And I think if we just use that and all our, and all the, the good qualities that we have to our advantage, I think that we'll put ourselves in a, in a good spot. I think we usually shoot ourselves in the foot when we try to be, you know, a team that can absorb pressure and all that stuff instead of going out, pressing teams and, you know, putting teams under the gun instead of trying to, to be a team that sits in counter. So I think once we get out of that and and guys are, are confident again and, and, and playing, I think that, you know, you know, Haiti will be back up there competing for our Gold Cups and things like that. Most definitely. I'm excited to see it. I think, you know, with the right uh, with the right change, um, Haiti, Jamaica, mm-hmm. Trinidad and Tobago, yeah. teams like from the Caribbean, you guys tap into the diaspora as well. It's game over yeah. for a lot of folks. Exactly. But, yeah. Uh, talk about it from the standpoint of, you know, being a representative of Haiti, an ambassador, you know, with everything that's gone on historically over the recent years. Um, does that, you know, talk about the pride that it brings you you know, as a soccer player and, you know, countryman? Oh, it's, it's the, the, the biggest honor. My, my grandfather came to, to America with like $19 in his pocket. Didn't speak any English. Was the youngest out of all the, out of the kids, but he was, he was the man. He, he came here, he made a living for himself. And one of the most proud, the proudest things uh, for me was when I told my grandfather, he got choked up and he like teared up. And that's like one of the, the very few times that my, my grandfather was able to show, you know, that type of um, emotion and be that, that um, transparent with me. Usually, you know, he's just a, you know, tough guy, Caribbean, you know, um, stern, all that stuff. But yeah, he did that. And then after, I think I just, I just saw him for his birthday and like, he just told me how proud he was for me that's that's bigger than anything that my that I'm able to make my grandfather proud make my family proud but yeah I take it I take it extremely you know serious when I when I put on those colors because I've I've been in Haiti after we've won and you can see how how much joy just brings people that you know they they go through so much on a daily basis it's just so sad to see and that's you know, when you go back in the history about, you know, what they've actually done being the first, you know, first, the first black people to, uh, to be, be out of slavery and then to see what France, you know, did to them, taking all the money and all that stuff. Like it, or then you got the earthquakes, the assassination of the president. It's just, it just always seems like, you know, Haiti's going through something. But when that national, when the national team is playing, it's, it's bliss. It's, it's nothing but love. And that's, I, I take that that serious a lot as, as well as a lot of the other guys because we understand that you know for 90 minutes the country's happy if, if we're winning and if we're and if we win it's a party in the into the night and i i kind of i always like you know i get choked up just listening to the national anthem because i understand how like the pride that people that the pride you know like i said patients are proud but the pride that they have when their national team is playing no matter who it is um, it's just something that's that's remarkable to me, and just to see the the fight and the resilience that the people have, you know, to to go through day day by day, go through all that struggle and stuff, 
it's only right that we are that we able to bring a little bit of, at least half of that fight put that on the field and and just make them happy so i mean i can't even put into words how how much it means to me to be able to represent the national team that's the power of soccer man and uh i know uh l was doing some research and you 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 started a foundation the etienne family foundation uh do you mind sharing yes, some I words did. about that and some initiatives you have in the works yeah so um i started a foundation when i first when i first signed uh in 2016 and at first my goal was to you know just you know help the the community around me just you know in patterson you know there's a, a lot of homeless people so i got every I didn't do it last year, but every year I do a coat drive um, for, at Thanksgiving. That way, you know, people can you know, have some some clothing, some warm clothing and things like that going into the the harsh winter months in in uh, New Jersey. But then um, I think I got it, it hit my I think my dad said something like, yo, so what about, you know, going to do something for Haiti? And I thought about that. So um partner with my church my church uh started a school out um like a little funding the school out there so whenever i can i'll get um notebooks uh paper you know stuff school supplies and then also being able to a good thing about having you know good teammates you know they're always willing to help uh, old boots they'll give old boots and i'll send that out there to haiti and all that stuff but um what i have now is i'm doing a i'm trying to do a mini pitch in patterson Mm, and okay. I, yeah so i feel like that's and there's like a little where my grandmother lives down the street they have this thing east side park and they have this little rink there that i used to play soccer there all the time and you know cut up my knees playing on the the the, the, the gravel because it it was a rink but it was, they had the basketball hoops there but mm. su- saturday sundays you know they all at the gym you got all the you got uh, all the caribbeans and you know, the Dominicans, Puerto Ricans out there playing soccer in that in that little spot. So I feel like, you know, if I could be able to do something and be able to bring a mini pitch there, I mean that'll be that'll be the biggest the biggest uh achievement in in my career. I mean, winning trophies and all that stuff, you know, that's the job and you wanna do that, but to impact my, my city in a positive way, I mean that that means the world to me and that's something I can't even dream of of doing when I first when I first started the foundation. So Hopefully I can, you know, get that, get that going and, and get that up there. And, uh, hopefully, you know, it just makes, helps kids, you know, who want to join soccer and, and get into it more. And then, you know, just keep them safe because, you know, I, I'm no, no big tough guy, but yeah, like it, it's, it is hard out there. And I feel like, you know, sports will always help, you know, keep kids out of trouble. Most definitely. I'm definitely going to tap in with you offline about some of the stuff that you're doing that pertains to Haiti. But it seems like you have a good head on your shoulders. Matter of fact, it doesn't seem we we know. Um, last week Thank we had Taylor on the that. show. Um, and you know her from MLS player engagement. It seems like mm-hmm. you've already thought ahead about, you know, soccer's not going to be forever. But, I mean, it's crazy to think you're already seven years in the league and you're only 25? Yeah. 25, yeah. Crazy. So, you know, God willing, you got another seven plus years. But have you already started mm-hmm. to think about, you know, next after? Um, Honestly, I didn't start really until probably this offseason uh, or the last offseason. Just seeing, you know, uh, because I don't really like I don't know what I want. To t- Sometimes I feel like I can be a coach, but then I'd be thinking, nah, like I don't have the patience to 
<laughs> if you, I, like I'll do like a That's little camp do. or something. Yeah. I'll go to a camp and I'm like, nah, this this is not for me. But then maybe being agent, I don't know. I, I talk to my dad about it all the time, but like, I don't know. It's just there's just so many things that I feel that at certain times that I want to tap into that, like like even like a podcast, something like this, like that that intrigues me because I like talking and it's mm-hmm. like you know have someone on the on the show chop it up and all that stuff. But yeah, I don't really. I honestly like had to start really thinking about it because I really I realized I'm like oh snap I'm turning I'm 25 now like I was just 18 I can be 30 in a in a in a mm-hmm. second and you know not everyone is blessed like Ronaldo LeBron and them to be playing until 30 Bradley playing until 37 and all that stuff so like I gotta start thinking about what's going on afterwards so. Hopefully, you know, this year will help me, you know, level um, level up in terms of, you know, figuring out what I really want to do and get close to, to something. But right now I just have like, I feel like I have my hand in like a lot of, a lot of pots and stuff like that. No, nah, respect. Well, you know, after seeing your Instagram, you know, if you ever have a, have a, <laughs> have a ish for the media space, you know, we got some space for you over at Two Cents FC. But I'll definitely tap in for sure. With that being said, let's get into the fun stuff, you know, because like I said, your IG, I, I know, I know some people that know you and, you know, you, <laughs> so let's get into the fun yeah. stuff. That's all I'm going to say. I, I know people that know you. So let's get into the fun stuff, L. All right. So a couple of rapid fire questions. So what are some interesting facts about yourself that most people don't know? Um, They probably don't know my father's a pastor. Um, They probably don't know let me see yeah i probably people who probably don't know that i played basketball i was actually kind of nice at basketball i was like little rondo out there i was getting crazy <laughs> rebounds but okay yeah they say when you use like rondo as an expression that means you got some game to you yes but when this guy dunked on me i said yeah this ain't for me bro like that's he was that was a, but that was the most the most I've ever felt violated before in my life. This guy just gathered up and dunked on me, like knees to my face and all that. I was like, I walked out the practice. I was like, I'm done. I'm not I'm good on that. Let's see what else. I don't know. I feel like I'm a kind of like an open book. I'm not, uh, people don't really know, but I'm like my first like interaction with people. I'm very shy, like extremely shy. Like I won't say nothing. I'll I'll just observe and stuff, which is probably hard to believe because a lot of people know me as like loud talkative and all that stuff so i think that's the i think that's the biggest one that i'm actually like low-key kind of shy at times okay okay i feel you on that i'm i'm, I'm similar oh similar here's way, so. one i used to sing in my church choir i had a couple of uh solos in the church choir I, solos huh? oh, you got the yo, vocals huh? okay what's your go-to got, karaoke yeah. song then with you um with you chris brown Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you do got some vocals on him. Yeah, All I got right. little vocals on me. You point out to the crowd to a girl. Yo, it's just me and you, baby. What you saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay. For real. All right. So, so staying in that vein, though, what's on your pre-match playlist? Um, glow up by Nav. Um. Hmm. You know what? Ox, let me you, see. Are you on the Ox? In the locker? Are you on the Ox? Yeah, I'm on the Ox. I'm you, on the Ox. I got. I got you to be on the Ox. Come on, man. Yeah, okay, just yeah. making sure. Nah, I'm on the I'm on the hey. ox because the 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 kit men be wild and be playing some crazy songs like like Lady Gaga and stuff before the games. Like, bro, I can't. But the last game, I was I actually was getting treatment first, but I came back in and uh, a Selena Gomez song was on, and I was like, yo, we're trying to 
We're not going shopping for training bars, bro. Like, we got to go out here and try to smack these guys. What are y'all doing? But I got that. Uh, banking on me, Gunna. I play a lot of Young Thug. Young Thug. I got Young Thug songs. Ric Flair Drip. That's a, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> what a Life by Big Sean. Headshot, Lil TJ. Yeah. And Cold Shoulder by Central C. So okay. uh, like a couple okay. different places, you know. All right, so this next one might be a little controversial, but who's the best dressed player on your team? Best dressed, yeah. I would probably the most drip. I would probably have to say Stephen Morera uh, from France. Okay. Yeah, he got that. He got that French drip for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Stephen Morera. Yeah. All right, bet bet. All right, so you um. You recently scored and you hit the gritty on them. So I mm-hmm. saw that. So who has thank the you, best goal you. celebrations on the team? Me. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> like everyone has their thing. You know, Pedro, sometimes he'll do the knee slide. G will, will point to, actually, you know what? I take that back. Giassi. I'll praise to the most high. So his, his one to it, yeah, I'll say that's the best one. And then I would say me because I'll just mix it up. I might go out there, hit the folks. Whoa, I don't know. Sometimes it is how I feel in the moment sometimes. Yeah. So but I'll go I'll give you credit. I, I like the the tribute to uh, BWP for the last oh, one. Oh, yeah. That was just Yeah. Because yeah. I was talking to him, I'm like, yo, because uh, I knew, like, me and him are real close. You know, me and him are real close. So, like, when I, when I, when I, when he finally let me know that he was retiring, I'm like, all right, bro, well, like, next game, once you make it official, the next game, I got you. But, man, hitting hit, uh, hill clicks. And, Ah, yeah, I had a, I'll tell you off, offline what he said to me, Okay, but he's like, he said, you should probably do it the, the next game. I was like, no, nah, no, nah, I'll just do it, you know, before someone else tried to hop on and bite or something like yeah. that. He's like, all right. So we go and the first, I, sc- I scored in the first half, but I completely forgot about it. So I was about to gritty. And then I realized uh, that the flag was up. But I was like, oh snap, I'm supposed to be doing hill clicks today. Mm. So then I, when I scored, I was about the gritty again. I was so excited about the gritty again, but I'm like, I told Brad I was gonna do hill clicks. I did the hill clicks. But what I didn't know was it was his birthday. So that that was even like to me, that even made made it even like more more lit that yeah, yeah I'm his I'm the first person to do the hill clicks for, for Brad in his retirement and it's on his birthday. Hey, nah, that's that's a, that's a salute for my boy right there. Respect. That's God working right there. Yeah, sure, but real quick, sure. the gritty. Let's rate it. All right, one to ten. Rate Polisic's gritty, and then one to ten. Rate yours. We could be honest. It's honesty hour on uh, on two. Honesty, <laughs> I, I'll give him a two, maybe because like he went, he he, he hit here with it, uh-huh. and he had a little bit of swag here, but it was just, it was not. It was, it looked, it looked weird. Yeah, honestly, I'll say my gritty is probably like a five. I didn't. That wasn't even my best version of the gritty. I was just fans of the fans for for Columbus were tweeting at me. All year last year, you ain't scoring no goals, blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Off season, they talking about how they need to get new wingers. Yeah, Derek, should Derek even be on the team? So oh, you kept the I receipts, was more, huh? Yeah, so I was more upset about the fact that y'all really going – y'all forgot that – y'all forgot about who scored in the MLS Cup final bet. Okay, all right, let me get my chance. <laughs> and I scored, so I was just more excited about the fact that, yeah, we're going to see all the – I've still got the receipts. I got the screenshots in my phone, so – I want to see who which one of y'all tweeting at me. Good game today, Derek. So that's what I was thinking about. So my gritty wasn't even good like that. So 
the next the next goal you're gonna see the real gritty because the real gritty I'll say is an eight. Okay, I respect I that. Okay. I, lo- I love eight, that. I love so that energy it. too. I love that energy. Yeah, I love that energy because a yeah. lot of times, yeah, people be talking spicy and then they get in front crazy. of you. Crazy like, oh, Twitter, the Twitter, the Twitter fingers are crazy. Twitter <laughs> fingers are crazy. I can't stand it. I used to have. I used to be just like sitting there liking it, liking it, liking it. And then whenever they say, "Oh, good game," wasn't this you? <laughs> that's that's, 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 that's okay. that jersey in you, huh? Yeah, like that's the one thing I hate. Like, all right, y'all want to y'all want to say, "Oh, he didn't have a good game," but then you were like, "Oh, this guy sucks. He should be cut." How would you feel if people came to your workplace and when you messed up, yo, fire him? <laughs> it's fire that your fry you coming be, out. Yeah, like, you'd be sick, yo. <laughs> you'd be sick. So like. I understand. You type okay, in on Twitter. Sometimes you type in, he's like, hey, you're not typing yeah, fast enough. You're out of here. Exactly. Yeah. Wait, you said you you said you do what? 50, 50 words a minute? This is looking like 35 to me, buddy. It's time to go. Pack your bags. <laughs> like, nah. You'll be you'll be sick. If you mess up at work, yo, imagine having to do that every day. Someone's got a, a camera on you just waiting for you to mess up, bro. What? These fans, yeah. they don't even understand it. I don't like the Rashford thing. I saw the Rashford thing the other day. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all not even talking about footy no more. Y'all, y'all getting disrespectful and and being about ra- racism and stuff. But y'all want to get mad because he 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 might have given you the finger or something like. That's less than what y'all saying to him on a daily basis. But y'all mm-hmm. mad and people start to react. That's what I don't understand. That's that's the one thing I would really love to see. Have some soccer player just go up into a business. And just yeah, hold just yelling. Hey, and hey, this is hey, you say you like media. This is the content we can make. <laughs> we can, we can yeah, talk offline about this. <laughs> yeah, we can definitely do that. Go into a random uh, a random business and be like, okay, so what we're gonna do here is when you make a mistake, we gonna tweet at you, we gonna DM you, we gonna text your phone, and we gonna yell at you right in front of your face and say some disrespectful stuff, and you can't say nothing back or you'll get in trouble. I guarantee you everybody's opinions would change on how athletes react to, to people. Because y'all know, they be saying some crazy stuff, mm-hmm. the fans. Like, I hate playing Philly. I hate playing Philly. <laughs> For a team that ain't won nothing. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, you, know I, you know I'm Philly through and through. That was my I first call. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Philly, <laughs> the fans out there, are they're crazy. They're crazy. No, nah, yeah, I got some good stories about, you know, Philly banter, but uh... – yeah, that's funny. All right. <laughs> yeah, we're going to touch on that Rashford thing a little later, too. Um, so what's your favorite off-pitch activity? Like, what you like to do on your days off? Honestly, I got really into cooking. Like, the quarantine really made me, like, I was spending way too much money on the fact that places are closed. I got to get some, some guy to drive 45 minutes to bring my food, and I'm paying $50 for a cheeseburger and some fries that end up being cold by the time they get to me. So I, I got into cooking really, real big. So I think right now cooking is my little, my, my little hobby, my little forte right now. Okay. okay. What's your, what's your best dish? My Fair. best dish um, is some um, Haitian rice, salmon, and cream spinach. That's what I, that's my go-to. Okay. You got that's the Haitian small chops. Yeah, exactly. Or I might make some lamb chops. My lamb chops are fuego. Lamb chops and some fries, maybe. I mean, I can. I'm. I'm. I'm well versed in all in all aspects. I can make some Italian. Go, you know, some pasta. Might make a little bit of sushi. I mean, I've been trying it all. Making sushi. Okay. okay. Nice yeah. way. Huh? Nice way. I can't. I can't. I can't use chopsticks, but I can make a little bit of sushi though. Respect. Crazy. 
Thank you. Okay. Appreciate it. I got, I got some ideas. All right. What's your favorite away city? To play it? To play at? To the whole play experience. It. <laughs> he, he asking where to play at. I'm asking the whole experience. <laughs> the whole experience. The best city. Pre-COVID. Pre-COVID? <laughs> ah, Atlanta. Mm, that's Atlanta. Very I'll say, yeah, I'll say Atlanta. Oh. All right. If you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> the wings be fire. See, you're not going to get these answers <laughs> on anywhere other than Two Cents FC. We're giving you the real. No. Shout, shout out to Derek, man. Respect. Oh, oh, top. All right. What's on, who's on your Haitian five aside? Haitian five aside. Is that including a goalkeeper or without? However you want to do it. I'll go I'll go no goalkeeper. I'll do Ricardo Ade, Brian Alcius, uh, Duckins Nazon, myself, and Franzi Perel. I think that's a good five side. Okay. okay. All right, so we're gonna stay on that. We're gonna stay in that vein. Since we were talking about Jersey earlier, who's on your Jersey five aside? My Jersey five, oh, Jersey five aside. Yeah. <sighs> Not Turner from Jersey, right? Maybe it's my pickups all the time. I don't know if he's really from Jersey though. I think he's from Jersey. Yeah. So Matt Turner is goal. Yeah. Uh, Juan. I can name legends as well. Yeah, like, however you want to Okay. All right, bet. Um, so, Matt, Tav, Claudia, myself, and Juan. That's that's pretty that's pretty decent. Okay. No <laughs> no defense, just attack. Just attack. All vibes. But you got yeah. you got Matt back there. Just yeah, Matt exactly. All right. And last one, um, what's your favorite brunch spot in NY? And when we think about brunch, we're not talking about Denny's. We're not talking about food. <laughs> I was not even thought in my mind. <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bagatelle. Okay. Crazy. Bagatelle. That place is heaven on earth. Nothing else okay. I need to say about it. Heaven on earth. Man, my respect, Derek. Can you answer these questions? No, no politician type <laughs> qu- answers. Give it no, to us, real I'm the, man. Respect. I'm the people's. I'm the people's champ. I'm the people's champ. <laughs> I told. I told you. I know some people that know you, man. <laughs> we go. We gonna talk about. It. We gonna see. You gonna okay. see. We gonna see. All, All right, right. What we got? Oh. All right. So let's jump into one of our favorite games on the show. Um, trending topics. So this is a game where I'll read off some trending topics or, you know, some news headlines. Um, it could be about soccer. It could be about pop culture, however. But um, our guest Derek and Amobi will rate these headlines or give their opinions on these headlines using the soccer card system. So okay. no card is I agree or I'm cool with it. Yellow card is I'm indifferent. I can go either way on it. And red card is I disagree or, you know, I'm not cool with it. And then they'll give like a short explanation of why they gave that card. Okay. So okay. we got three All this right. week. Um, let's jump right into it. First one, PSG boosts Neymar and Messi in their most recent um, UCL match. So what card are we giving PSG fans for their behavior? Red card. 
That's 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 when you don't agree, right? Red card. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, red card. You don't boo Messi. What what is wrong with you? You you what is what does Messi have to do with the fact that you gave up three goals? You guys are winning three one. Like that's Messi's fault. Messi don't Messi de- Messi never defended. Why y'all expecting him to come here and defend now? That's and then Neymar. That I mean that that guy like. He just makes the game so beautiful to watch. Like, I don't understand why you're mad at attacking guys when you had a when you had a lead. Yeah. Are y'all booing? Are y'all booing? Um, Kimbepe? Are y'all booing? Um, Hakimi? Are you booing? Yeah. Are you booing any of those guys? No. You're mad at the guys who didn't score, but you're not mad about the guys who gave the goal. So I'm a, I'm a I'm gonna give it a red card because you just can't boo greatness. That's. That's like fans go. That's like the Lakers booing LeBron. You can't do that. Yeah, for me, okay. it's a red card for the simple fact that you're booing him and you're wearing his jersey. You know, like it doesn't really <laughs> make sense. Stupid. Yeah. So, and the fact like it's a team sport. Obviously, everyone defends, everyone attacks, but you didn't bring on Messi and Neymar to be tracking back seventy yards and then going over the score. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So. And PSG like says they're like one of the smartest fan bases, but for them to boo, you know, you gotta take your take your frustrations oh. elsewhere. Yeah, if you're mad about them giving up goals, you should have had them. T- you, the coach should have took them off the field. But at the end of the day, PSG, this is in your DNA. And then you sign the Tottenham manager. That's in their DNA. So y'all should be booing him. Not the, what are you doing? With nah, nah, red card. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, next one. Um, so as we talked about it a little earlier, Rashford um, has some words with a fan or with some fans recently um, during his recent performance. And he was also dropped from the England squad. So what card are we giving Southgate for dropping Rashford during this time when his confidence is low? I'm going to go with no card. And I understand. I mean, you have to. Has England qualified for the World Cup yet? Yeah, I think they not did. sure. Let me check that. So, I'm not sure if they did, but at the, if you if you're trying to qualify for the World Cup or you're looking at your team for the World Cup, right? If you're being honest, Rashford really might not be on the on the list just based of performance. I mean, it's been tough. I think it's been tough for him ever since. The Euros, I think things went downhill since then. But I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's his his job personally to have to take into consideration the feelings of a player uh, who might not even be on the squad for the World Cup. So I'm gonna go with no card because I'm outside. I'm, I'm indifferent on it. Actually, actually, wait, no card is agree. I'm, yeah. I'm messing it up. Okay, never mind. I want to say yellow card. I'm indifferent on it. Okay. I'm a different yellow card. I'll go yellow card, yeah. Because I can see why you want to bring him in for confidence. I feel like if you qualify for the World Cup, then maybe it's okay to bring him in, let him get some confidence. You know, maybe playing against a smaller team, get a goal, see the ball hit the back of the net. But then if you're not, I mean, Sancho wasn't put on the list either, and he's been playing over Rashford. So we're not even talking about that. And Grealish, Grealish, don't even get me started. <laughs> Yeah, there's deep ties for that grillish, but uh, for yeah. me, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going yellow card. Um, obviously, performance equals tolerance, and right now, Rashford is not performing. 
but you know for Southgate you want to get as much talent to be playing at a high level so you have the hard decisions when World Cup comes around and Rashford obviously he has a place within the national team but you know maybe being with the guys you know he's not saying like you have to start him but just being in that environment you know practicing and just being with that group can help him when he goes back to Man U um, but I'm not a coach I'm never going to be a coach so I don't have to make those tough decisions but for me it's a yellow card especially with what he's going through after you know Euros and this so um, yeah I'm going yellow card yeah alright and last one Chelsea has to take a 10 hour bus ride uh, to their FA Cup match um, due to the regulations and sanctions that you know are, are imposed on them. So, what card are we giving this situation? We're dealing with Arsenal, that... two Arsenal guys on the, on the show. Right I now. don't care what's going on with Chelsea, man. They can, they can do. I don't honestly. I mean, yeah, I, I'm indifferent on it. I really don't. I, as a player, I get yeah, but as an Arsenal fan, I don't care what's going on with Chelsea. So I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I think it's yellow card. I'm a, I'm indifferent yeah. on the situation. I feel because, you know, that's, that's tough. Like, but then also I feel like you got guys on that team making billies. They can easily get a PJ. Just put your bread together. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. teach his own. Play. The train or something. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But yeah. So I can, I feel that from that aspect of the travel, but I can care less what happens to Chelsea. Yeah, so I'm the only Chelsea fan in this group. So I'm saying, I'll say yellow card just because, like, you know, you guys haven't made. So it's gonna, if it's going to be a bus, it's going to be a luxury bus. So it's like probably showers. And Double-decker bus where you can <laughs> sleep on the top of it and all yeah. that stuff. Like, it's going to be fine. They, they'll be straight. Yeah, so I'm not too worried. Just get the result, obviously, with everything else going on within the team and uh, world of, world affairs. There's more things to complain about. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna give you a yellow card. Yeah. Okay. So, but real yeah, quick, I know we're about to be gone. Oh, um, I forgot to ask this rapid fire question because I know, I know people that know you, Derek. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Fav- favorite favorite off season spot? Miami, LA. Where you where you where you going for off season when you you know relax? Put Miami, your feet <laughs> Miami, Miami. I All love right. Miami. Miami is a spot, yo. Okay. Love Miami. <laughs> All right. What we got? Anything? Any closing thoughts, L? Or you want me nah, to take that's it? it, bro? Yo, Derek. Derek. Yo, really appreciate you coming on, man. It's a pleasure. You know, from when the first when I first met you to now and seeing everything that you you know d- done in your career, it's amazing to see. Um, but for the people that want to tap in with you and support you or banter with you, how can they? How can they get in touch with you? Or support you. Oh, uh, you you can follow me on Instagram dtn10. You can follow me on Twitter dtn underscore ten. I'm always about the banter. So just so you know, like if y'all gonna follow me, I don't need y'all really being on my page talking about oh this that and the third. Like if you're down for bants, I'm the guy to follow. If you're gonna be serious all the time, I'm not the guy to follow because you'll probably try to treat at me. And yeah, I'm really interactive on Twitter. Like so, you know what? You guys want to want to chat on Twitter? You know, hit me up. But if y'all gonna be serious, please just don't even waste your time. That's all I ask. <laughs> Respect. And obviously, you got number ten in your in your bio. 
And you ever gonna you gonna get the number ten? You gonna have to you know pay somebody for it? What's, what's, you, gotta, what's... you gotta pay Lucas for that. Uh, I, 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 I'm never gonna <laughs> touch that tennis. Lucas, Lucas is there. Maybe if our national team, I might keep it. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Ten is just you know just a great number. I just how much you would would you, you be know? willing to pay? Because you know in football, if someone wants a jersey, they gotta pay up for it. Even in in soccer as well too. Would you ever pay for the number ten? It's not. It's not that serious to me. It's just a number. I'm not gonna pay no man because I already know some of these guys. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking. Think about the number tens. They're making bread. So if you want to get some, if you want to take that jersey off them, it's gonna be okay. Let's reverse it. Really deep in those pockets. Let's reverse it then. Say you had the number ten. Lucas comes in. He's like, Yo, I need that number ten. How much you, you? All right, you can have it, but. You know, keep in mind, MLS, they're going to be like, hey, you got to switch numbers. But yeah. let's say. He just had to take you. We just had to go on a night out. He'd pay for it. Okay. Fair enough. That's simple. I'm, I'm, that's, I'm, I'm simple yeah. like that. I'm simple I mean, like Columbus, that. I mean, Columbus, I'll be like, you know, yeah. $500. So. Don't, <laughs> don't sleep. Columbus is kind of expensive. Yeah, don't. <laughs> kind of expensive. Hey, trust. Hey, Columbus got some I rooftops, know. too. Uh. Let me let me just let, let me calm down real quick. But yo, <laughs> Derek, thank you once again. Two cents FC, the only type of show you're gonna get this type of banter, these type of vibes, unfiltered. Um, but that's our show for this week. Subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us get discovered. Follow us on the socials at two cents FC show. We got a new uh ticker. And check out our merch at twocentsports.shop. Tweet us your comments on the show and any topics you want me or El to discuss. Thank you once again, Derek, and best of luck with the upcoming season. Uh, we'll be supporting you and we'll be following for sure, for sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this. This was a pleasure for real, for real. Always love, you know, talking to some real guys, you know, just, you know, vibing. So I, I appreciate you guys for having me on here. Uh, most yeah, definitely. I appreciate you joining us, man. Hey, till next week, y'all. Peace out.